Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The fact that airport privatization will be on city ballots this fall is the work of two groups. That's the St. Louis City Chapter of the NAACP and the St. Louis-Kansas City Carpenters Regional Council, also known around town as the Carpenters Union. Working with consultants allied with conservative billionaire Rex Sinkfield, they gathered the signatures and their ballot initiative, which is now slated for November, would require the city to lease the airport if it gets an offer good for at least $1.7 billion and city voters say yes to what they're pitching. But just because the Carpenters Union is pushing this ballot initiative doesn't mean it's supported by their union brethren. In fact, last month, the Greater St. Louis Labor Council voted to oppose the plan in question. And joining me today with the backstory is Pat White. He's the president of the Greater St. Louis Labor Council. So, Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Sarah. So for those who don't follow labor issues, give us a sense. Who all is represented by this Greater St. Louis Labor Council? Well, just about everybody who uh, carries a union card in the uh, Greater St. Louis area, whether it's Jefferson County, St. Charles County, St. Louis City and County, Warren County, uh, except for the Carpenters and, and then a few other outliers. But uh, we represent uh, firefighters, uh, teachers, Pipe fitters, grocery clerks, uh, bricklayers, roofers—you name it. They, uh, the the mail personnel. Um, yeah, we've got a uh, over over a hundred locals that we represent, and upwards of about eighty thousand uh, union members. Hmm. Well, so the St. Louis, Kansas City Carpenters Regional Council—they've been working to bring this privatization issue before voters for months. What led the Labor Council to decide to consider this issue? Well, we've actually been uh, involved in this for a couple years now, um, trying to uh, get ourselves up to date and, and let the, the folks that were in the know and the people that were involved in this uh, let them know that, you know, our concerns, because we have a lot of union folks that work currently at the airport. And so we've been meeting with some of the financial groups that we're talking about coming in, whether it be for Volvo or Oak Tree or Ulico, for a couple of years now. Um, you know, uh, my motto really is you're either at the table or you're on the menu. So mm-hmm. one of the things we wanted to let them know early on is that we're here to listen and, um, and give them our concerns about how this, you know, privatization, something like this, would affect really all of labor, not just the building that may may take place out there, or you know the um, the you know the economic uh, effect that it would have on the region, which always affects us either way. But for the folks that currently work at the airport and how they would be protected, so we've had our our um, our finger on this for a couple years now. Um, we really just kind of stood back. I think what changed at this time was some of the entities involved, and we really weren't put in on the ground level at, at, at this and, you know, on the way they were doing it and the process that it took place, really. Hmm. Well, before I get into that process, you mentioned that you do have a number of, of workers who work at the airport. Give us a sense of, of what these people are doing there at the airport who are part of a, an organized workforce. Well, we have, you know, when you, from the very beginning, when you when you show up and you check your bags, the the men and women checking your bags belong to our, our Unite Here group, our, uh, you know, hospitality uh, union. Uh, we have our operating engineers, which take care of a lot of the maintenance out there. Um, our SEIU folks are the ones that are, uh, you know, maybe maybe mopping the floor or cleaning the bathroom. A lot of the hotel, or I'm sorry, a lot of the restaurant workers out there are union. And we have numerous trades out there that are, um, 
working, you know, either on maintenance or working out there on a regular basis for contractors. And plus, the city fire department has a uh, firehouse out there, and Local 73 belongs to to our our council also. Hmm. So you have a number of people who could be directly impacted by this. You said you were meeting with people. This is back when the city was really leading the process. They were considering going out for an RFP. There were a lot of companies that had expressed an interest in this. Um, You met with some of those companies, heard them out. Um, But then you said this this new go-round, after the city pulled the plug on its process and the Carpenters Union and the NAACP really took the lead uh, with these political consultants and moving this forward after the mayor pulled the plug, you said you had some concerns about process. How so? Well, it, it more the process of how how it took place, you know, in, in in such a short period of time. And 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 when I say us, I mean our board is is a uh, multi layered onion, so to speak. There were you know some people that you know that had had problems with different entities that were involved that you named. You know the 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 head of the NAACP in the city actively um, uh, uh, wanted right to work and in in, in, in made it clear and made it public back when we were fighting this a few years ago. Um, you know, and we've, we've had issues there. You know, as far as, you know, the, the union involved, you know, there's been some jurisdiction, jurisdiction issues over the, over the years there with some of our bigger, uh, uh, you know, affiliates. And then, you know, you have the financier who, you know, I can speak for, for as, as head of labor council has never been, in my opinion, anti-labor, but there has been some issues that he has taken up that some of the entities on my board really, you know, ideological-wise didn't go along with what he wanted. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of layers there, but it was more not that the process took place, because I was actually surprised that it had resurfaced. You know, it was more you know, trying to jam it through so fast, and then, you know, the petition drive and everything else. We we weren't on, in, on any of that. Now, we did have a couple meetings with some of the folks that were working with that, who are friends of mine, that brought us in and said, hey, this is how labor is protected. And there were some issues in that, and that was public with the RFP. You know, there were some issues with that that we didn't like and, you know, that we, we wanted to tweak. But when, once that went by the wayside, and the bill failed. We really weren't worried about it as much. But yeah, it wasn't more the process before and after. It was more of, you know, how it was being handled, you know, with the such, you know, very quick and really we weren't at the table. Okay. So you were concerned about that. Um, there was a decision that you guys were going to uh, see about taking a vote on this. Was there a lot of discussion then once you guys decided to, to weigh in? Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah. And just like anything else, anything that any, especially something this big that has to do with, you know, especially with the region, anything that, you know, takes on is, a, is something as encompassing as this is going to affect labor one way or another. When, you know, we talked earlier about the entities that we, uh, that we represent here, pretty much any big project in the area, one way or another, whether it's construction or after that construction's done, the jobs that come in are going to affect us. So we have numerous conversations on this. With this, there were so much, like I said, there were so many different groups that may have really been okay with it or been wanted to sit on the fence or been totally against it you know, with the different entities that were involved, whether it be the ones that you mentioned before, the NAACP, the Carpenters, or the financier that, you, you know, uh, Rex. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was, there was a lot of discussion about that. Um, but, you know, in the end, 
you know, we took a vote, and, you know, it, was, it wasn't unanimous, and there were some people that abstained, but, you know, it was pretty overwhelming that we just decided this time, not that the group is against some type of privatization or definitely some change at the airport, but the, with Board Bill 71 and the petition process, we voted to, to, as of right now not to come out in favor of that, to be against it. Okay. And when you say we voted this, is this the executive board that did this? Is this the membership as a whole? Well, everything that we vote on at the executive board then goes in front of our delegates, which that's definitely a bigger uh, group. You know, the executive board's made up of uh, 20-odd people that are that represent different unions in the area. And then the delegates is any anybody that participates in the council. Uh, like I said, some of the groups that I mentioned earlier, you know, they, they have a right to, depending on how large their union is, to send delegates to that meeting. And then that is when we vote on that. So really, anything that we do here that big definitely goes in front of the entire membership to be voted on on where we stand. And there wasn't even discussion on this. It was just... Uh, one of those things where, you know, this time around we decided that, you know, the way the process is set up, the way where it's at right now with the board bill and the petition, that we just weren't interested at this time. Okay. So as you say, this was a pretty overwhelming vote in opposition. Yes, I, I would say that. I, and, and like I said, you know, after, um, you know, it was a pretty lengthy discussion. And, and, I, and, and really everybody, even both sides, when, when you know, there were there were a few that, that, that uh, discussed either being staying out of it or being for it and really it was it wasn't adversarial it was just you know this is where we feel we should be now because like i said we've been in on this process from the very beginning we've actually had experts come in and talk to us about the privatization of the um uh parking meters in chicago and how that failed and you know we've had other people come in and tell us about how 40 percent of the the airports outside of the united states are privatized and how successful they are you know, so we've definitely, we've, we've tried to do our homework on this. You know, St. Louis would be the first one on the mainland. The one in Puerto Rico is uh, is privatized, but we'd be the first that would, would do this. And I think that caught people maybe a little leery, too. Mm-hmm. That just led to some, some nervousness. Yeah. And, and you have mentioned um, today uh, that there's a board bill, and then there's also this initiative um, that the NAACP and, and the Carpenters um, put on the ballot. And there were these two two separate proposals, and I did want to just get our listeners up to speed on this. Um, the board bill that was being pushed by Aldermanic President Lewis Reed, that actually ran out of time um, from our best calculations. He had until yesterday to get that bill pushed through and signed by the mayor in time to make the November ballot. And so that one is not happening. At the time that the Labor Council took its vote, it was still a possibility. And so that vote was also um, in opposition to that. But right now, there is just the one that's coming from the Carpenters Union, the NAACP, and Rexingfield. Um, Pat White, I did have a bigger picture question for you. The backers have said there's language in there that would protect union workers at the airport. Why is that not good enough for some of these union members? I know the SEIU, for example, has been very vocal in being against this. What what are their concerns there? Well, I think, you know, there's um, the the issue that a lot of people have. And, you know, yes, there there actually there's language in the FAA of uh, 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 some of the the things that we've read on them that protects, you know, current bargaining, um, uh, you know, language that if you know if a company comes in, you know, they they are required to uh, to respect the language in any contract that's signed now. You know, I think most of our the people that are are adamantly against this are worried about in the future about if you know. Um, 
a private entity comes in and 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 private entities are are you know people don't get into these kind of um, issues to try and not make money that you know we're going to be you know the 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 lowest guy which is going to be the 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 worker the frontline worker is going to be the person that gets hacked the 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 most and the and the quickest Mm -hmm. so that was one of the one of the um the issues some of the other issues and you know quite frankly there are some of our trades that are in uh, direct uh, ideological uh, different with with the group that is putting up the petition and we're worried that you know they would be cut out and you know we were you know some there was some concern about that um, but it was just the uncertainty of it all there was yes there you know there are some stuff in there you know there was some protective language that we were happy with um, but you know, once again, no one really likes change, and, and there's a lot of times out there, especially when you're talking about these multi-billion-dollar companies who, who you know, we're more worried about that everyday guy and gal that's showing up at the airport every day, you know, to try and make a living and, and you know, put food and send their kids to school and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and really, those big corporations, we don't feel, and a lot of times, have, have the best interest involved, and it's just hard to trust that mm-hmm. more than anything. You've alluded a few times to um, sort of jurisdiction issues or or various issues um, that sort of separate this carpenters union that is pushing this um, from the other unions within the Labor Council. I know that is would have to be a topic for another day. I'm sure it's a very deep and and broad issue. But if you could just give us just a a brief idea of uh, what is the difference here between them and and some of your members? Well, you know, your everyday carpenter that's out there building, you know, they've been around for probably 100 years that have been out there building. Uh, a few years ago, before I was in this post, uh, you know, they, there was a jurisdictional issue at one of the casinos where uh, between our, our IBW electrical workers and the Carpenters Union. And, um, and instead of it being worked out at whatever level it could have been worked out at, the Carpenters went out and started their own electrical union. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, in our opinion, they, they, they pay substandard uh, wages compared to the area. And they directly compete with our IEBW group. And, uh, you know, so that's been, I mean, and anybody that's in the labor movement now has either heard about this or, or knows about it. And it's, you know, it's, it's certainly not a secret, but it's definitely a point of contention. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes, really, it makes it very hard. Now, I can tell you, in the right-to-work fight with Prop A, we all came together and, and did our due diligence, and, and everybody came out a winner and, and, and you know, we kind of just uh, did our own thing, but with, you know, on any other issue, whether it be this or anything else for the last 20 years, you know, this has been a point of contention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and quite frankly, you know, nationally, there's more on the way, which, you know, I can't get into now. Like you said, it's more of a conversation for a different day, but there's other there's other trades that are that are going to be doing the same thing that the IBW are doing now that we're going to be dealing with over the next few years. But yeah, it's it would it would make it a lot easier if a that didn't happen 25 years ago, and b if we could have gotten something rectified before then. Hmm. Um, not that this would this thing would change or if this would change that, but it certainly makes it harder to break bread and do other things when you know you have two 
big groups like that that are, are so at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. So this is not the first time you guys have found, found yourselves on the opposite side of the table. Uh, Pat, last question for you here today. Will the Labor Council be involved with any sort of formal campaign to oppose this initiative that's now set for November? We, we don't have any plans to do that. Um, you know, our our sole goal right now is to get labor-friendly candidates uh, on both sides of the aisle elected uh, at a state and, and national level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there, we've got so many other things that we need to worry about that directly affect labor every day, you know, um, whether it be in Jeff City or Washington, D.C., or even just at the local municipalities in St. Louis County and other places that, you know, really we don't have the... Um, we, we, a, we don't have the resources, or B, we, you know, our, our, uh, our you know, policy says that we need, to, we need to concentrate on our folks on everyday things. So, yeah, we don't have any plans for that. Right. Well, Pat White, president of the Greater St. Louis Labor Council, thank you for joining us and explaining um, this vote in opposition to the airport privatization plans. Great. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.